Welcome to Motivators in Motion, where the world's top talent give you a daily dose of what drives them towards excellence to give you the inspiration you need to pursue your passion. Listen in as industry professionals, elite athletes, and star-studded entertainers share their unique experiences and encourage you to take that next step toward achieving your dream. It's time to put yourself in motion with your host, Brad Delius. Hey everyone, are you ready to be motivated? Today we're going to be speaking with Chris Castanis. Chris is the author of You're Going to Be Great at This, a sales memoir that spotlights the good, bad, and ugly of a career in sales that has spanned over 30 years. We're going to chat with Chris about his book and why all of us are always selling even if we don't realize it. But first, before we do that, let's thank our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial right now at audibletrial.com slash motivatorsemotion. With a busy schedule, I don't get in as much reading as I probably should. Audible allows me to finally check out that book that everyone's been talking about. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Check it out right now for free at audibletrial.com slash motivatorsemotion. Chris, welcome to the podcast. And if you could just start out by telling everyone what you're most excited about in your life right now. Well, Brad, thanks for having me. First of all, I'd have to say that I've made a a bit of a career change here a little bit, not a big one. I've, I've always had an insurance agency, but in the last four or five months, I've started focusing my marketing more towards myself and less off the insurance and I'm trying to work my way into the speaking industry a little bit. So it's been very exciting. I've had a lot of things, just really weird things happen that just kind of fell in my lap. Like I'd, I'd ask myself, like, how am I going to get started in the speaking business? And all of a sudden, I'd have a podcast that would just fall in my lap, kind of like yours, that would say, here's a good way to get started in the speaking business. So it's like, it seems like there's dominoes there just happening to fall on their own, and I'm really enjoying it. It feels more like I'm going downhill than uphill sometimes these days. Yeah, and I think it's interesting when you talk about a couple different things there and a domino effect, things coming into place, but it doesn't happen by accident, correct? It, it, there's always things you do, maybe not directly, but indirectly, that allow certain things in life to fall into place. And it, it's it's something that, again, it doesn't happen overnight. It's stuff that definitely takes a, a long amount of time. And you definitely can speak to that a bit. And talking about your book, um, you're going to be great at this. And I, I think it's it's funny with uh, you know sales. It's something that it, it's very challenging, maybe one of the more challenging things for people, both personally and professionally, to try and conquer because it's always evolving. You're never a expert at it in the sense of you're done learning. You know, there's always more to learn, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially in my industry, which is insurance. You know, we do a lot of, there's always a new product coming out. There's always something interesting down the pipeline, a new way to market something. And now that I'm learning, I've taken that skill set and transferred it over to the speaking part. So now I'm using the same tools but instead of prospecting for insurance clients, I'm prospecting for speaking engagements. So all the, you know, when you get the basic tools down, 
they are transferable. You you just have to tweak them a little bit, but you still have to learn. I'm I'm constantly reading books, and uh, I'm just I'm in the middle of reading uh, Hustle right now, which is awesome. You know, all those kinds of things. It's just constantly listening to podcasts and trying to stay motivated. Sales can be very demotivational for a lot of people. And uh, I think the statistics are for people that are in these industries that 100% commission, no salary, they have about a 10 to 15% job persistency after three years. So in other words, if you have 100 new employees, you can count on maybe 10 or 15 of them sticking around in three years if they're just being paid completely commission. So that that's why you're... Um, you know, door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman isn't the same guy every year because he's, he's he's probably not making any money and he's and he's demotivated from all the rejections and and things. You know, we have a lot of people tell us no, so staying above and you know, it's kind of like trying to just keep your head above water sometimes. And that's where when I wrote my book, I, I, that was one of the reasons I wrote my book actually was because. There's a lot of um, in that hiring process when they recruit you for these jobs, they only tell you the good stuff. You know, they of don't course. tell you all the, uh, <laughs> the, the yeah, they don't tell you how lonely it is and you're going to be driving around your car by yourself at all hours of the day and night and and constantly, you know, all those things that that happen. So what they do tell you is you know, how great the company is, how great the product is, how great they are, they're the leader in their field. And then they turn it to, you know, and people are going to just be buying this thing left and right. And they're going to be asking you for it. And you're going to be handing you referrals on a silver platter. <laughs> you know? And it just never stops. And then then they get to that last part where they tell you how much money you're going to make. And they always end it with, you're going to be great at this. And that's where I got the title of my book is, you know, they're just constantly telling you the, the good side without the bad side. So the point of the book was just to let you know here, you know, before you get into the industry, here are some things that are going to be landmines and you need to look out for them in advance. And, you know, and, and I peppered it all with, with what we call dumb stories. And so there's some humorous anecdotes in there. Some of them I've tried to clean up the language a little bit because they actually happen, and I wanted to keep them as real as possible. So the book's PG-13, but from that regard, you know, it's just a, it's just it was more of a cathartic thing. And then I thought, you know, I could somebody actually suggested they said, you know, you could do some speaking engagements off of this. And I thought, okay, I'm sure I could, and I kind of just played around with it a little bit. And I've been in Toastmasters for about four or five years, and I didn't even put those two together. And I went, oh. Now I actually have these tools to do something like that. So it's all kind of come together in the past, like I said, six or eight months. So it's been fun. I've been looking for, for some gigs and, and running around and sending out emails to people that I haven't already bothered 300 times before about insurance. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Reflecting back on your time working in sales, sales is not always the most glamorous job, especially if it's one of your first jobs. And depending on what you're selling, some areas of sales can be better than others. But let's say you're in an area of sales where you're just not crazy about it. But there's such a strong correlation between, and you can probably comment on this as well, there's a strong correlation between being able to sell physical product or just some type of sales in general, and that translating over to other areas of your life that will actually help to benefit you in those departments. Speak on that, just on your experience in sales and how really ultimately 
it probably is only going to do you good in the sense of having an effect if on other areas in your life. And if nothing less, it become makes you more comfortable around other people. Right. And, and you're exactly right. What happens is the very first thing we have to learn, and when I do my little workshops and seminars, the very first thing I tell everybody is that they're not selling a product. They're not selling real estate or investments or whatever it is, cars. They're actually having to sell first and foremost themselves. And when they get that understanding that that's what you're selling, then you can see where it translates in other areas and things. And then you can have that 2020 hindsight side, of course, you know, you go, okay, when I was dating, when I was single, I was selling myself. I was out there trying to meet, meet girls at, you know, college bars when I was in college, say, <laughs> and we would, you know, it was a sales process. You're, you're, you're trying to sell yourself. And same with trying to get a job. You know, there again, you're telling somebody, I want you to buy me for whatever salary. So those are those times when you're selling yourself and not necessarily a product. And my definition of sales is a little different than everybody else because I don't take it as the actual transaction. My definition is that sales is actually the process right before that, where you're trying to convince somebody, persuade them, urge them to do something that they weren't going to do right then and there on the spot. So there's a lot of times when somebody goes, well, I'm going to buy life insurance, but I'm not going to buy it this week. And I'll have to bring that, you know, I'll have to fight that battle and try to sell them into taking action. We we call that, we have a name for it and I can't remember, (laughs) creating a sense of urgency is what that's called. So that's one of those things where you have to, um, you're selling yourself all the time, whether we we like to say that or not or admit it. Yeah, Chris, in your experience with different people and, and when you're in workshops, seminars, when you're teaching these basic sales skills to other people and just different ways to approach it and think about it, are people usually surprised? Is it more of like an aha moment when you tell people that you're always selling yourself in a way and comparing it to dating or other areas of your life? They get it when I bring it up. I'll ask them, what are you selling? What is the first thing you're selling? And there's always one or two in the crowd that will will pipe up and say, oh, you're selling yourself. And then when I give those examples of what is selling and and what are you, you know, how are these processes affecting you now or how have they in the past? And you can see whether or not you what your success ratio was when you were you know, going to a singles bar and trying those horrible opening lines (laughs) on people, you know, that's when you go, oh, okay, now I get it. And it is a little bit of an aha moment, but I think they know it already at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, it's one of those where they just, they go, oh, okay, now I get it. I, I have been trying to sell myself. And then as I go through the process, I also give a couple of little basic rules, you know, things like, you know, people buy on the approval of others. Well, yeah, we want people to validate our choices and we want people to like what we like. And there's been those times when you you made a purchase and then you went out and tried to show it to people to get them to say, oh, yeah, I like that. You you know, that was a nice car you picked out or I really like your home. And when we sell something like that in that method, where we say, "Okay, I'm going to try to sell it on the approval of others. If it's a home, for instance, you might point out that, you know, this is a really nice patio on the back here and I bet your friends would really love to come over for a barbecue on Super Bowl Sunday or something to that effect. What I'm saying is there's all these little arms and 
legs that go with this. But basically, the big problem is just learning to sell yourself first and foremost. Then you can move on to these other things. And it really gives us a sense of um, having to reassess ourselves sometimes. I, you know, do a little checkup from the neck up, as they say. Is it fair to say that selling yourself, having those basic skills in your back pocket at your disposal at all times is maybe more important now in the year 2019 than it's ever been just because competition is more fierce in just about any other field and any other area of someone's life than it has been maybe in the history. Well, yeah, uh, that, you know, we've, we've gone from selling yourself to being on social network and trying to do it through the web, you know, and people using things like Facebook and LinkedIn, especially is good at that, but they're not the same as still building a rapport with somebody. And when you're selling yourself, the easiest way to do that, in my opinion, is by networking, even if it's just one-to-one or just making yourself accessible to people. So where they know that, you know, oh, that's the guy that I want to talk to about that. So, you know, like today, this morning, I was at the grocery store real quickly and Always, whenever I talk to someone, I always say the last thing I say to them is, if you need anything, let me know. That just lets them know I'm accessible. If you need something, call me. Nobody ever calls me, but at the same time, if I put that on LinkedIn, I'm going to have a lot of little creepy people calling me. (laughs) I don't really want to do that, but I want to network with people. So what I do is like on LinkedIn, for instance, if someone is local and they want to connect with me here in the North Myrtle Beach area, I'll say, I'll send them a little note and let's get together. I'll treat for coffee and let's go to the local coffee shop and um, let's just spend 15, 20 minutes and I'll get to know you. That's my opportunity for me to sell myself. I can't do that as well online in a social media setting. Now, I can always put funny little memes up and, and things like that on my Twitter page and people might get a ha-ha out of it but they don't really get to know me. And, and one, of the, one of the things that we have to do when we're selling ourselves, especially nowadays, is get people to, to know us a little bit, just build a bit of a rapport. Like I said, 10, 15 minutes at a coffee shop is gonna get me in the door a lot better, but it's also gonna let them know that I'm trustworthy, I'm kind of funny guy, I tell some jokes, ha ha, you know, whatever, I can put them at ease and they know that I'm not just a fly-by-night character, and that gives me more credibility down the line. So while I'm selling myself now, I'm also building that foundation for referrals and things like that. That You, you can do it, like I said, you can try doing that online and on LinkedIn, but it's not always going to happen. And, it, it, and what I also do sometimes on LinkedIn, if there's somebody I'd like to meet and, and network with, I'll actually do a phone appointment with them if they're out of town. So I've had a lot of people, you know, let's just set up a time for next Tuesday at three and we'll talk for 10, 15 minutes. That doesn't cost anybody anything. And if there's, and if it looks like there's a good fit, then that's always good too. So a lot of it in this day and age, back to your question about 2019, I think a lot of it goes back to networking, 
and working your your market and finding people. Just if you can just find out where people are and talk to them in a non creepy way, then you're always going to build a little trust. And and like I said, the little girl at the grocery store this morning, she I've known her for years, and she knows that if she actually did have a problem, she could call me. I don't think she'll have her will, but it's just a nice way of letting her know by saying that. So every time I end a conversation, I usually, if I can remember, say, you know, if you need anything, just let me know. And that that helps tremendously. It just builds a lot of trust and rapport just by that one little sentence. What advice would you give people who are looking to sell themselves for a job? Maybe it's the first job out of college. Maybe it's a career change someone in their mid-40s, mid-50s who's looking to just shift a little bit and try something different. What advice do you have to those people to put on their selling shoes and really try and stand out and make themselves very presentable to a prospective employer to say, hey, you know what? This other person might have been here longer, but I have such and such skills that could make me an asset to what you guys are trying to achieve as a company. Yeah, that's a great question. And it goes there again, it really, really, if you want to get your foot in the door with somebody, it, it's imperative that you start networking from now. I really think that the power of networking is the way to do that in this day and age. There was a study came out just a couple of years ago that LinkedIn did. And I'm trying to remember what the exact numbers were, but I think they, they asked about 15,000 people how they got their jobs. And over 70% of them said that it was through networking. They knew somebody at a business where they were at. So, and I actually have talked about this with some high schools and colleges, college, small college groups, is that it's never too soon to start networking because all you're doing, if you do it correctly, is you're, you're building relationships and you're, and you're selling yourself again. It's like a circle. We're all coming right back around to where we started, but, if you're in college, even if you're in a town that you're not even familiar with, go join a civic organization off campus, not necessarily on campus. There's tons of on-campus activities, and it's not going to be the same. If you go and join the local Optimist Club, for instance, or the Shriners Club or anything like that, a Kiwanis, a Toastmasters group even, any kind of organization that you can go and join as a high school or college student will give you those skills. If nothing else, when you come out of there and graduate, you'll at least have those skills to network where you are once you graduate. So if you're in one town, a hundred miles from where you live or where your parents live or whatever, and you go and join a optimist group, first of all, those people in that optimist group are going to love you. They're going to go, this is, this is the person that we want to mentor. And they, will, they won't even come out and say it. They'll just take you under their wing. They'll take you out to lunch. They'll show you what they do. You'll just learn all about these people. And they're business people. They're successful for the most part. They've been down, up and down the block a few times. And they're going to be more than willing and able to give you advice if you need it because they're going to just appreciate the fact that you're there in the first place. From that, you know, once you get out of school, you've already built a good little network right there just from from that activity alone. So I try to, I, like I said, I've been in Optimist Clubs. I've been in 
uh, Toastmasters where I've done some really nice networking, even though it's not technically a networking group, but there's just great people there. And you can, it doesn't matter if it's an official networking group or not, just join something, an organization of some sort, even if it's a church or, you know, wherever you go to worship and you can make those connections that down the road could pay off in spades for you employment wise, you know, in other, other ways too, you know, I'm meeting your, meeting your future bride, like, like I had, you know, so these things happen. Um, you just never know where you're going to meet people and how they're going to react to your story, which is, you know, I'm looking for a job or I'm looking to career for a career change or, you know, I'm looking for a date or um, whatever. I'm looking for my next prospect. If you just open up a little bit, share your story, they'll share their story. And if there's a connection there, you, it doesn't have to be a BNI group or a, a official networking group. You just have to physically go out and meet people sometimes, though, and that, and get in the trenches with them. Do some, you know, if they're having a hot dog dinner at the park, be willing to go down and cook hot dogs because that's the person next to you that's cooking hot dogs with you is going to be the person that might be your next client. So it all comes back to just laying those relationships and selling yourself. And when you do that, you really just build a great foundation of, of a circle of people that you can work off of. Statistically, there's, everybody only knows about 250 people and that they consider friends. But if you could expand that dramatically, you can really, you know, I've got friends in towns for when I was in college or I've been moved around a few places with work. And I've always kept those relationships at arm's length. And some of them are personal, some of them are business, but they're all good and they all count. <laughs> and we all sell. And I don't think there's too many more truer words than those. And the fact that you, Chris, are speaking on these topics definitely makes you a motivator in motion. I don't think there's any question about it. And for people who want to continue to follow you and the work that you're putting out on a regular basis for where people can go check out the book, you're going to be great at this. Where are the best places for people to take a look at? Well, the book is on Amazon, and um, and it's reasonably priced, so everybody can get two or three of them for Christmas this year. <laughs> I'm just kidding, and um, and I'm on Facebook. I've got uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Twitter, and we actually have a Facebook page for the book called "You're Going to Be Great at This." If you're on Facebook, and or you can just look me up online at chriscastanis.com. So you can find me find me pretty much anywhere except for the post office. You know, I don't go to, and I don't go to, and I don't go to Walmart if I don't have to. <laughs> I totally get you, Chris. Awesome stuff, man. Thanks so much. Uh, once again, the book is called, you're going to be great at this. It's a sales memoir. Definitely check it out. Uh, I just, I love it. It's, it's something that everyone can use a little bit more of as far as improving skills to sell a little bit better in their life. It's awesome stuff. Chris, continued success. Keep killing it. And uh, we definitely appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for motivating us a little bit here today on Motivators in Motion. Well, thank you, Brad. And, and if anybody ever needs anything, just, just you know, if you, if you need anything, just let me know, all right? For you, the listeners of Motivators in Motion, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Just go to audibletrial.com slash motivators in motion. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash motivators in motion for your free audiobook. 
That's all for this episode of Motivators in Motion. For more information to keep you motivated between episodes, be sure to visit motivatorsinmotion.com to sign up for our newsletter and receive daily inspirational tips, strategies, and resources. That's available exclusively on motivatorsinmotion.com.